your eyes. Imagine you're in a beautiful white sand beach. You can hear the birds. The sun is shining. Your body is warm. Out of nowhere, a worldwide pandemic hits. You blink and you are on an airplane to the US, ready to live with strangers. Hey, hello, and welcome to my show, Outpairing Heart. My name is Val Flandon. I'm 26 from Costa Rica, and I'm currently in the beautiful state of New York. I am here prepared to meet all of you fellow au pairs and bro pairs. Honestly, everyone who is related to the au pair world is welcome here. I will be sharing some of my own experiences, but of course I will have incredible guests that will be sharing with us all of their delightful stories as well. Welcome to Au Pairing Hearts. Let's begin. I have four girls joining me today. If something has been hard, it's making friends. Whenever I meet new people, I feel guilty. Whenever I don't meet people, I feel like I'm not making the best out of my year here. And it's just so frustrating for most of us. You guys know the struggle. This platform is so interesting because I'm allowed to meet people without even leaving the house, you know. This podcast is part of my Alper Credits project. So that's why I'm contacting these girls through Facebook to meet me on a Zoom randomly and talk about our lives as Alpers. We all live in New York. The first one is Laura Cuau. She's 25 and she's been in the program for 18 months. <laughs> uh, my name is Laura. I'm 25. Uh, I'm from Colombia. I've been here for 18 months uh, with the same host family. I take care of three kids, three-year-old twins and a seven-year-old boy. I live in New York and I love it. I love this city. Uh, I always wanted to come here. I always wanted to visit New York, but then I have the chance to live here for a um, couple of months. And I was like, okay, let's let's give it a chance. And I enjoy it so much that I decided to extend for one more year. Daniela de la Torre is 24 and just started her second year after a rematch. Hi guys, uh, my name is Daniela. I'm from Mexico. I have uh, one year here and I was in California before with a, another host family, actually. I'm in New York, but in Austin with another family, and I take care of a little girl with two years old. How old are you? 25. Well, oh God, 24. Okay. In, in two weeks, I get 25. Birthday coming up. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very cool. So you have one health kid. Yeah, just one girl. Oh, lucky girl. Kathy Becerra is 25. And she was an au pair 2016 to 2018 in Ohio. And currently she's a nanny in the Big Apple. When I started the program, I was 20. I am from Colombia. I first came to Ohio. And as many of you, I was lucky and blessed. I took care of one baby. She was by that time um, 18 months. And just the experience didn't go as well as I was expecting. Mm -hmm. So um, we finally decided to go into rematch when I was in my month six or seven. I don't remember well. And that's how I ended up being here in New York where I finished my whole program. So I did finish the six months left from the first year. And I did the same with the same family. I was taking care of two girls. 
by that time they were like one year and a half and eight months. So it was kind of crazy experience. I always describe my upper life like a roller coaster, but it was an awesome time. And here I am. That's awesome that you say that because in like the whole process that I did, they're always like, oh, it's an emotional roller coaster. It's an emotional roller coaster. And it was like, how crazy can it be until I got here? And it's seriously like some days I'm like so happy and I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing that can happen to me. And then the next day I'm crying and I'm like, what am I doing here? I want to go home. So it's insane. The roller coaster emotion is like so real for me that that is the best way to describe what you feel when you're here. And we have Stephanie Angarita started in Boston, got a rematch, and now she's in New York with all of us. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I am 23 years old. This is my second year. I'm living the first one in Boston and rematch before to end of my year. So it's like, uh -huh. okay, no, it's rematch. It's extended with other family. Yeah, that's how I see it too. Like when you have a little bit of time left, it's like you extend it for longer with another family. It's like, oh, I extended for 14 months instead of 12. <laughs> yeah, so I changed the family and I am right now in New York. I want you to like think about the first, like the last day in your country, like the moment you grab your bags and you left home. Oh my home. God. <laughs> What were you feeling? Mm. What were you thinking this was going to be? I can literally remember the last day I left my country. I left my hometown two days before because I had to travel to a capital in Bogota. And then the whole trip, it was just a 45 minutes flight from my hometown to the capital. It was a mixed feeling. I was anxious. I was nervous. I was very excited. I was... Um, sad because I was going to leave my family. It was just scary. Were you thinking, I'm going to stay for two years? I was. I was very sure. It's funny because I never planned to come to the United States. Never, ever. So one day I was sitting on my computer and I saw an ad on Facebook about Oprah and I called and I had all the requirements that they asked for, so I decided to apply, and I passed. And then um, I had on my mind that I was going to make it two years no matter what, because I was going to find a way to prepare myself to stay out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I also had two years in mind from the beginning. I'm not done with my first year yet, but I'm still, I still feel like I need one more year. So I'm still set on my mind that two years is good for me. Stephanie, how about you? What were you feeling the day that you had to come here? Oh my God. I have, I was feeling a lot of emotion too, because all my life I was dreaming too flight to United States but I was sad too because I live it was so difficult to fly alone because okay. all the time when I was traveling to other countries other part I traveled with my mom really difficult I was happy too because I knew it that was 
the best um, decision I can do it. I know it, that decision can change my mind in a good way. So you're very, like, you were very aware of the fact that you were going to be homesick. So what were you expecting? Were you expecting to come to a family and feel that you were home? Or were you thinking, oh, no, this is going to be a job. So I'm definitely going to be on my own. I feel like I, I talk with that family and I say, look, I wanted to have like have a work because it's work, but I want to feel like part of your family. And they say, of course. Daniela, how about you? What were you feeling that day? Okay, well, I think it was kind of interesting feeling. Uh, for the very beginning, I was very aware that this is going to be the rest of my life, you know? It was I was like, okay, here we go again. You're beginning the rest of your life. Well, I love it. It's not I a, love it. It's like okay, a reset. My, yeah, because um, I had lived by my own before. So I'm actually, I left my, my city to travel to another city in Mexico and I was living there for two years. And so I came back to my place, to my city, to see my family, to spend, actually I get here like one week before, a few days before New Year's Eve. Actually, I just spent Christmas with my family and said like, okay, two days more and I'm leaving. And I was just crazy. like- December yeah. is crazy. Yeah, so I said like, okay, this is the rest of my life. It's gonna be like really hard because I'm gonna miss my family, but not in the sense that I'm gonna be homesick. It's like in the sense that for real, I'm not gonna be in my country and anytime I wanna go back them to visit them, it's not gonna be easier. And also was the fact that, okay, this is going to be the rest of my life because I'm going to work there and I'm going to live there and I'm going to have to be by my own. Even if I'm going to be part of the family, I'm going to be by my own. So it was just like a really, okay, let's see what you have for me. It's very weird because for me, it's like start shaping what I really want to do because I did like college and I did a lot of stuff before I came here. So now when I'm here, it's like, okay, now I can start actually building what I want. And like, it, it feels like that, like a, like a start over. Yeah, it is. Indeed. Yeah, you're right. It feels like that. And actually it, it comes in the part when you're going to be living with another family, which is actually not living by your own because you're going to be under the rules of a house. But, you know, building yourself as an adult and as a responsible person to take care of yourself and also knowing your boundaries and knowing yourself so much. I get here in December, so I have uh, in January and February to do a great in March lockdown. Yeah, my luck. Well, I got here in May, so. You get a lockdown I'm a, yourself. I'm a, I'm a COVID all pair. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, how about you? What were you feeling? Well, my last day in Colombia was um, a mix. I was like, I was super happy because I was going, I was finally going to New York. And I was sad because I was living my country. When I came here, my family didn't know that I was living the country. Um, I used to live alone uh, before I, I came here. And the, the last two months, I, I lived with my boyfriend. And so you can imagine how sad it was. Um, he took me to the airport and oh my god I cried like never in my oh, life <laughs> you have no idea 
and I was on the line to go to immigration and I, he was still looking at me and I was like, oh my God, stop it. Don't look at me, just <laughs> live, get out of here. But then I was like, okay, you know what? You're finally going to where you always wanted to go. So stop it, cut it out and just celebrate that you're finally going to New York. Um, and yes, um, um, I fell asleep during the flight and the passenger next to me, uh, she was a New Yorker and we were chatting, you know, she, I told her like, it's going to be my first time. I'm so happy. And she woke me up and she was like, hey, we're here. Look, you can see Manhattan from the, from the air. And I was like, oh my God, so freaking excited. Uh, I started crying again <laughs> because I was super happy. Um, I didn't, in some way, I didn't want them to, to be, to treat me like part of their family, you know, cause I don't, I didn't want them to, to get into my life. Like, uh, where are you going? Who is these people? And I don't like that, you know? And, but I, I get that I'm, I live in their house and, and it's normal, but I appreciate this kind of, uh, relationship cause I'm not a really family person. And it, it worked for me and it works for them too. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I like to be alone. So for me, yeah, it hasn't same. been like the worst thing ever. And my dynamic is very different from other au pairs because it's seriously like, if I'm off, I'm off. You don't see me anymore. Like I'm gone. Even if I'm <laughs> in my room, wherever I am, like I'm, I'm not usually sharing time. But that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it and that I don't love what I do. Um, yes, it's it just is. like people have different personalities. I, I hear from other au pairs that love having dinner and movie times and spending a lot of time with the kids. But I'm like a little more my independent. I'm selfish. I'm not scared to say it. Like I'm freaking selfish. I like to have time for myself. I like to be focused on what I'm doing and, and, and be on my own. And it's very hard because with kids, you know, it's hard to even have a conversation with the grownups without the kids coming to us. So for me, that's very frustrating too. I, I, if I have a conversation with an adult, I want to be able to keep my, like my track of mind and their attention too. How many of those expectations have been met? What has been shocking culturally? What is going on? I want to share my story with my first family. I was taught I living with my mom and I was thinking the experience and go out telling her I am going with my friends and it's okay and I'm coming later. It's okay for them too. So I had a lot of troubles with that family because that culture, they are more descendant to India. So that family was like, no, you can't go out. Uh, no, you need to tell me what time, what are you doing? And I had a lot of problems. Yeah. And then, but this was before COVID? Or because before of- COVID, yeah. I, I came to here like uh, September... Oh no, lady, mind your own business. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I know. And I spent like with my friend, I I told her to my old host mom, I want to go to my friends in December 7th because it's so typical in my country, in Colombia, celebrator on the candles. And she said, okay, it's fine. What time are you coming back? 
And I say, I don't know, maybe around the 11.30 or 12. Oh my God, that was so scary for me. And that point I say, oh my God, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Yeah, I opened the door like 12 o'clock and she was in the kitchen cleaning something. And I say, hi. She looked me like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you thinking this is I? This is not a hotel. And I say, wait a minute. What are you talking about? And she say, no, this is my house. You need to uh, respect my house. Blah, blah, blah. If you are like a teen years old, you can take your backpacks and leave it to my house right now. And I say, oh my God. No, it was like terrible. I was feeling like so scary because she all the time told me uh, your English is really badly. If you live in, I promise I send you back to home. You don't get other family. It was so terrible and scary. And I called like my mom. I don't want to stay anymore. I promised to myself to stay here two years. But that point was like five months. And I say, I don't want to be I'm totally fine if a host family is very strict with their kids, but I feel like they need to understand that they are hiring a grown-up. You're getting a big girl. You're not getting a teenager. Well, in some cases, they get 18, 19-year-old girls, you know, but it's fine. Even though they're over 18, most countries, the legal age is 18, not 21. That's a very big cultural difference. I feel sometimes um, for stories and everything that I hear, these host parents think that they're getting a new daughter. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm your au pair. That was weird. I don't feel in that way. I feel like a daughter, a servant, and a mom. Because I take care to everything. I know this is my bad. I mean, I say, okay, I don't know. Nobody support me. I don't have a friend. Maybe this is normal to do no yeah yeah I know no way and that point I say to myself okay let's let's do that one more day let's do it one more day yeah so Until you're like no not I can't yeah I have a, like a fight because she told me I don't cut a watermelon or something like that and I say oh my god this is my free day why I need to cut that watermelon And, and I say, no, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I don't want to spend my other year here to do that for, for no reason. Even if you're sitting in the couch doing absolutely nothing, looking at the ceiling, there is no reason for them to come and ask you to do something. Yeah, Unless they're like, hey, would you mind helping me with this? And then it's up to you. But if you say no, it's no. I'm sorry. Like It's the time. <laughs> the outer time of should be respected. First six months, I made it in Ohio with the family. It looked or it seemed a pretty nice match. She was from Colombia, but the host that was from here, and we kind of matched personalities, and she is professional in the same area as I am professional, and lifestyle and everything. But there was one point that I made it very clear before I came here in our five or six interviews that we have. I was not used to have dinner. I didn't have dinner in my house. So they were expecting me to have dinner every night with them. 
And I always knew that that was going to be my escape from all the stress that I was going to have taking care of one baby. But we agree to share dinner maybe one or twice a week. They start having trouble with that. They start talking to me that I was not sharing time with them, that I was not, uh, that they didn't feel me being part of the family. So I went back to the conversation we had before I came here and I remind them that I was not used to have dinner and I didn't want to get used to have dinner. Even if you have dinner and you're off, if you want to have dinner in your room, you should be able to. No, that was the deal. They was they were expecting me to have dinner with them. Yeah. But because they were having on their mind that because I had dinner with them and the cost that cooked every night after uh, he came from work. So I was supposed to help them clean the kitchen and do the dishes. And what? <laughs> do the dishes in the dishwasher and clean so the table. So that is the real reason why they were mad that you were not having dinner with them. It wasn't the cultural but, experience of having a nice American dinner. It's the nice American dishwasher that needs to be loaded. That was the deal. That was something very important for me. And I made it real clear. I didn't go around. I didn't pull around. I didn't wait until I came here to let them know. I let them know before I came. I mean, I, I didn't feel the compromise to help them clean the kitchen. It wasn't like they were doing a favor for me. And she let me know and she let me feel and she made me feel that I, she was doing me a favor to let me come from Colombia to her house. So when that happened, by the first moment, I let her know that she was wrong because that, no, that is not the way and that wasn't the point of this program. I think she wasn't too happy with that. And she said that I wasn't grateful she starts saying things and I hear conversation with between her, she and her husband. I start going out. It was difficult. They, they didn't let me drive. They, they said that I was going to share a car with her when I come here and I get my driver license from the state. They didn't let me drive with the international driver license. So I said, okay. So one day we start driving, I drive with her, I drove with her, and she said that she just didn't feel comfortable with me driving. I said, well, it's okay, you're not having a car. I say, okay, I am not having a car, but you know, for me, it's very important to go to classes. So I found a college in the city, which was 45 minutes away from the house, and they didn't want to pay the U.S. for me to go to class either. He would drive me to the college, and wait in the parking lot three hours and what? bring me back home because they didn't want to let me drive the car. And I was okay with that in that moment because I had on my mind, it is important for me to study and I really want to study. That was the main reason why I came here. So that's the third thing. So it was the dinner time, it was the car, it was the class. So I started going out, I started having friends. Uh, when my time was off, I literally just, Went from Friday, uh, I left the house and come back on Sunday. So they didn't like that either. Because they said that they didn't know where I was going. I, they didn't know who I was sharing time with. They didn't want other people to know the, their address. So uh, I had to walk like four, maybe six blocks away from the house to have someone to pick me up. So they say I have to be in the house 
10 hours before I start working. So that was the fourth thing. They start curfew too. I didn't like that. I was okay with curfew during the week. So we both agree in a friendly rematch. Uh-huh. But what I wasn't expecting when that time came is that they were not going to let me work those two weeks from rematch. Oh, they so sent you to your LCT? No, they kept me in the house. I could stay in the house, but I couldn't go at all. And they cut the Wi-Fi, they called my phone line. Uh, I couldn't drive anywhere. So um, in those two weeks, I was not working. They said that I had my food, but I just didn't feel comfortable if I wasn't working just to go at dinner time and cook or uh, just eat their food. Of so course, I it's, it's extre extremely uncomfortable to be with them knowing that they don't want you there and that they're not treating you right anymore. Just that she was pretending to be a mom and she was always comparing herself with my mom and she always wanted to talk with her in all of those things that I just say, hey, listen, my mom is in Colombia and she is, she encouraged me to do this. So nobody else is going to take her place and nobody yeah. else is going to do what she was doing there. Here I am on my own and she is a knowledge of everything I'm doing here. So you don't need to tell her, you don't need to talk, you don't need to do this, you don't need to pretend to be a mom for me because I don't need one, I have already one. My friend came for me, she picked me up, we were on a road trip for a week, so she wasn't too happy with that because they said that I was in, on rematch in that what I was thinking about, that I, why I was taking And that what you were trip. supposed to do was stay in your home and be miserable by yourself. I, I feel horrible. I feel horrible. I just didn't want to eat. I was just looking for the opportunity to be in a program to do my job very well or the best way I could do it and take advantage of that opportunity. I, I wasn't looking for a family. So they kind of get, got my, of that. It's a cultural exchange. It's not, you're not getting a new daughter. You're not adopting a person. You're not doing a favor to this poor girl from a different country. Like, I'm not poor. I'm sorry, but like, if I ever had to say it to someone, like, I'm not poor. You're not doing me a favor. A lot of girls have this same experience where the host parents at some point say something in the lines, I'm doing you a favor. You're here because of me. I pay for this program. Like, you're not doing me a favor. If I'm not with you, I could be with any other families. If you think about it, I'm doing you a favor. You're the one that has kids and need cheap help to take care of them, you know? Like, we have to keep it real. And some of them are just like, oh, we're doing you a favor. Like, no, ladies and gentlemen, you're not doing your au pair a favor. We don't need a favor from you. That was another thing. They always made me feel like that. I think that was the biggest deal that they always made me feel. And she made it, she made it very clear and she said it in words that she picked a Colombian and had an opportunity because it was a way for her to pay back to her home country. So finally, I found this family here with two kids and no car, but it was my last chance. So I took it. They said that I broke my coffee of my time because I was supposed to be home at 9 p.m. and I was in like 9, 20, 9, 30 because, because I had someone to drive me there. It was really far away. 
So the Colombian grandma was sleeping in the living room in the basement next to my bedroom. So she said that that day that I came home, I woke her up, that I did so much noise, that I looked wrong, that uh, the car that brought me home was so very loud. Like she found many, many, many uh, reasons. And the result of that was that they sent me a text that I couldn't be in the home no more, that I have to leave the house by the next Monday, the next morning, sorry. So morning, Monday morning, I asked one of the grandmothers, Colombian one, to borrow me her phone to call a friend of mine to see if he could pick me up. And he didn't answer the phone, so I started uh, having an anxiety episode. So I just stay in my room with all my luggage pack and everything, and I went outside with the luggage and said, listen, I don't know, I'm gonna just sit here because if I don't, I can stay here. I called the FCC and she said that she couldn't take me to her house or she couldn't let me have a place because she was going on vacation. So I said, okay, you're not doing your job. So Excuse I'm me. Call Boston. <laughs> so I called Boston office and I start um, having all my conversation about my trip and my rematch and everything with Boston office with the director I think yes straight with them so the LCC got really mad at me because she said that I I didn't keep the I don't know how to say that but mostly I ignore her role in the program you jump in yeah jump her yes that I just ignore her so um I did it like that I'm like well you don't do your job and she didn't have any heavy reason to let me alone, you know? She just said, no, I'm going on vacation. I was listening. You're that, going on vacation. That should this never you can be get a reason. Me a hotel room. Yes, you can get me a They need to get room. you a room. They need to get you a hotel room if they don't have, if your LCC don't have a place to put you or whatever. I mean, that's the whole reason why the LCC exists. I don't know how it is with you guys, but like my LCC, I talk to her once in a while. I mean, like her whole purpose <laughs> is for her to be there in case I'm freaking out. And I've done it yeah. like a couple of times and I text her and then at the end it's fine. But like, you should be there for your au pairs if you're an LCC. If you work for like, if you work as a support for girls that are coming to a different country, <laughs> like the least you can do is be there for them and offer them your couch. And I'm like, how is it possible that you bring a 19, 20-year-old girl alone to another country? She has an abusive family. And the response of this agency is like, oh, well, you have to pay your fly back home, find a place to stay this couple of weeks. Like, for me, that's unacceptable. My old LCC, I have trouble with her because she didn't do well her job. When I have that problem with my old family was like, I think so on Saturday and I call her so many times. She don't pick it up. I test her and I say, I go in the room. This happened. She told me this and this and this and this. And she don't answer to the next day. She called me like 10 o'clock and she said, oh, okay. Tell me what is going on. And I say, I run into you. And she say, uh, I mean, I don't understand. Well, maybe you can. Um, write me an email and I say no I don't feel comfortable in this house I feel badly emotionally and physically and everything and she say I mean no you need to wait to the Monday and we talk uh, well about this 
and I say, what are you talking about? I am in Vermont right now. Why do you have to wait? Yeah. And she say, I don't know. I don't understand what you say. Ready that in an email. Have a nice day. I am going to match because I work for five months and they don't pay me. I work in like more than 45 hours, like 15 or something like that. And you don't understand that. And she say, mm, I don't know. I don't get it. Writing oh my email. And I say, okay, have a nice day. My experience with people is that sometimes they're just useless. And uh, the whole thing since this started, I had bad luck. You know, I made the decision to come here December 2019. And I was supposed to be here March 2020. So COVID hit me bad. And I was one of those that got stuck out of the country because our J-1 visa was blocked and we couldn't come in the U.S. until May. The whole thing about the host family, the flying here, the visa papers, it was such a bad handling from my agency in Costa Rica. They suck. Like at the end, I had to call. So that's why I relate when you have to call the like the headquarters and be like, hey, like people around me are useless. Help me. Like, I feel like this is something that all girls should know. You go first. Always. Yeah, that's right. You go first. Always. These people have a house. They have a job. They have a good income. They have their lives set. So if there is something making you uncomfortable, you need to make yourself a priority and do do what you have to do. If it's leave them, if it's talk to them straight. Like I know sometimes I have a, I have it too. It's like an authority issue. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't really know if I should go and say something. But at the end of the day, you're going to go back home and then you're going to be like, oh, I should have said something. So I love it when girls are like, no, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to do your bed. Like, bye. It's just your experience. You have just two years. Some of them just have one year to make it here and to make the best experience and the best time of all of this. So don't let yourself to the side just because you want them to be happy with you. The thing is that it surprises me how these families lose good au pairs for such idiotic reasons. Like these people lost an au pair because they wanted the au pair to have dinner and do dishes. Like really, that's more important that somebody to take care of your kids during the day for you, like during when you need it. It's so weird. Sometimes I wish to you know, just get an American husband and become a host mom myself and be like, what the hell is this agency going to tell me? Because now I know how it works. So I want to see if they're really lying that much to host parents or they just, you know, try to play fool and be like, oh, no, I didn't know. I didn't know that you pay for this. I thought that I was doing you a favor. Oh, I didn't know that you have to work only 45 hours. Like, how is it possible that you don't know everything that I know? And I'm younger, and I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed to be the naive one here. Sometimes the family take advantage because the last uh, yes, family, uh, she told me like, oh, sorry, I was told like you are more poor. Because all the girls, when I get one girl, uh, they have a like building to pay in Colombia, a lot of things to she need to pay. And I say, no way, I am not that type of person. Sorry, you chose wrong with me. Don't work like that. And no, 
I am here not for because I need money. I am here because I want to improve my English. I am here because I want to learn to the culture. I am here because I like the the take care of kids experience. Like, do yeah. you seriously think that I'm here for two hundred dollars a week? Yeah. Like really? <laughs> Is that the, the big favor that you're doing? Two hundred. They put me one hundred ninety six. Yeah, I think and something like that. Like, oh no, my my family like they the round up. <laughs> I I I just got one ninety uh, five with the cents exactly. Yeah, the exact amount. Insane. Yeah, just but, one time. I think it was my birthday week that I got two hundred. I was like. Oh, Oh, three oh extra God, thank you so much i really appreciate your five fucking dollars <laughs> so much money i'm rich and i can get a fun. house in colombia now yeah those extra three dollars no, girl you know what happened in my second experience it was so funny because i was oh i was i prepared myself to be ready to maybe do a little bit more what i didn't do in the other family but Listen, I was having the same trouble with the fucking dishes. They were expecting me to clean the dishes and they didn't have a dishwasher. So every morning that I wake up, I was going to find, I was finding the sink full of dishes. So the first week I did it, two days, one day. Second week, I was done. I was like, listen, if I have to go back to Colombia, I'll go, but I won't clean dishes that are no mine. I put apart their dishes in the counter and I'll clean all the dishes that I got dirty with their kids. And when the time was for them to come home, I'll put their dishes back on the thing. They never left dirty dishes again for me. And I think that's a problem from all the families here because it happens to me twice. It's still here sometimes, but I have a really good agreement with this family. But with the other one, it was like every time they were just Uh, giving me the time to, you know, start working around morning. It was like full dishes all the time. And I was just like, what in the world? I mean, what are you guys doing in the morning that you don't have any time to put them inside? And even though you don't unload, the, the one is already clean. So I have to unload it so in order to put the, the, the dirty ones. And it was the same issue all the time with the other family. They were like, Indian oh, too. Wait. I didn't My... have a dishwasher. Yeah, I yeah, didn't, have, a didn't have it. That's the thing. So like... Oh, my grandma is crazy. And she's always like, oh, you, we got to do the dishes. We got to dry them. We got to put them away all the time after every single meal. So I was very strict on that. And then when I came here and I saw that they leave dishes overnight and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I don't really care. Like, I'm going to leave it there. Sometimes I'm a, I'm a... I have my OCD share, so I, I like to organize everything. So even That's if the me. dishes are like in the dishwasher, I like to have them organized, even if they're dirty. So they do that too sometimes. Sometimes they don't, but it's not as bad. So I'm cool with that. But the first time that that happened to me, that I came back on a Monday and there were kids' dishes in there, I was like, do these people expect me to do dishes from my day off? Like, What is going on? But no, I learned to ignore it. And I, I, if I'm not doing anything, I do the kids dishes, you know, because it's fine. But like, I would never, sometimes I don't have anything to do and I load the dishwasher, but it's never been a, an issue for me. Daniela, you, did you tell us what your expectation versus reality is? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because 
um, when I get whether when I first have the interviews with the family, uh, in the first family, uh, they told me that uh, they have any special needs kid. And every time it was, but in that moment, I think it was also my fault because I never, you know, like go like, hey, you guys need to tell me, right? So they never told me exactly a high level this kid of autism had. So mm. he was like, oh, well, yeah, we don't know which kind of uh, level he has. So I was like, okay, do you don't know? But I never go like in deep because I was just also focusing and get the thing done you know like okay leaving the country go there so i was uh, completely making a mistakes there and actually that's that's all the way lead so when i get here and i meet the kid and i was just like oh boy this is gonna be so hard because the kid has 10 years old and he was not party training he was very uh dependent on the people i mean they cannot even fit himself so it was a really high you. level and they didn't tell me like all those things i feel that's so irresponsible from it is from their end not just towards you but towards their own kid to hire someone blindly and not tell them what your kids needs are you're putting your own kid and not in danger because like you're not gonna do anything to you know like kill the kid but like if but he has a crisis or something you don't really have the tools to handle something like that exactly. and to make the kid feel okay and safe so i think it was a kind of 50 50 thing because also i was not like i was more interested in come here instead of you know like being totally aware and yeah. in any case i go here i handle the family like for a couple months uh I was like, oh, okay, kind of complicated because I knew when I get here, I said like, okay, it's like backing home my mom because I know it is a rule. I mean, in Mexico or probably as in Latin people we are, you know, we have this things that our, our culture and houses like you are at your mom's house, you have to respect and everything. So I was just like being very like that. Um, I do get a car few, which I really feel like Okay, I don't like it that much, but what is your curfew? Oh, 11. I was uh, not allowed to get after 11. Okay, my curfew is but, eight um, hours before I begin, so I can be home at one. But that well, curfew is just only the night before you're going to work, right? Or even you don't have it on yeah, Saturday. Every time, every time I want to go oh. out, because the thing was like they have to put the alarm. That was uh, their their conversation with me, like you know, me, we don't have any problem, you're going out, but, you know, since the kids are sleeping and we have to, uh, to put the alarm, no. and I don't know, and so we kindly ask you, please, to be here before 11 or 11 so. so Wait, they told you that after you got here? Just after, yeah. So we can sleep, but uh, not, you know, it's like... That okay. sounds like my me, old family. Yeah, it's because the mom is Indian, actually. The dad is oh a, like God, a, that, it's yeah, an American really Latin sounds. dad. Yeah, he was an American Latin because he, he didn't born in, in, in Latin America, but his dad it was from Costa Rica, actually. What? Yeah, his dad. <laughs> but he, he did, He's died many me. years ago. <laughs> so indeed, it was like, okay... Since I was just like very grateful and I wanted to know, you know, be aware of how this relation is going to be work for me. I'm, I'm the people like who doesn't say anything 
until she knows all the panoramic around, then she can say like, okay, that's not working. So I'd be quiet like a part, you know, around a couple months seeing how the things will work out with them. And then the pandemic happened, so no, como que me salió el tiro por la culata. <laughs> In any case, uh, it was just like, um, okay, I have a hard car for you, got it. And then he, they said like, okay, you, you're gonna take a classes for driving because we want to see you how you're driving. And right. I said like, okay, let's take a classes so I can, you know, do it. But they never let me drive by myself in the car they have. They just moved from to California in that time. So they are very desperately to have an outfit because they didn't have anybody to help them. But also everything was like brand new. And sometimes I promise you guys, I feel like they never let me drive the fucking Tesla. Oh so yeah, like, you can touch they, it. They didn't want me to drive it. They said like, no, this is going to be for you. The, the first week it was, this is going to be for you. This is, we get the, 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 the truck so we can do that one for the kids and you, you can drive the kids to school or whatever. And it's like, okay, okay, fine. One of the issues that I have with my Jose and he was like very rude sometimes, you know, he get like a lot of confidence to talk to me that he was feeling like he was my dad all the time. And he was I like, Sometimes I do these things like I'm thinking, but I'm aware of everything, but I'm just focusing on some point and, you know, stare. I just stare. But it's not that I don't know what is going on. So when I was driving, I do that because I focus so much that I was just, I'm driving and I'm not looking at everything, but I can be focused on the road and I can do that. And he was thinking like, you're leaving. Like, you're going crazy. You don't know what you're doing. And I was like, Hey, dude, don't underestimate me, okay? Let's be some And he was like kind of very rude with me. You don't have to look he like was that. like very unrespectful, trying to make it like some sort of jokes with me all the time. And I was just like, no, that's not a joke. Are you, are you being respectful for me? Or that was a joke. Because I think that's he, really serious. Yeah. yeah. And it was like really bad. And I couldn't just like deal with it until... And I know I, I don't I don't be a person who likes to take the personal things, but indeed I was feeling like very bad. And so she told me, okay, let's try to change the, the game. And so every time he started telling all the stuff, I just certainly start to stop them, you know, like right there. Like, oh, if it's a joke, oh no, I was not trying to be unrespectful. Oh, okay. I think it's not funny. And so it was just like the way I was trying to manage the thing with him. But so far, it worked. It worked totally because he started to put the, put the line there. Like, you cannot cross that line because we can joke. And suddenly when he was not being rude, I would could share with both of them, like in a joke and really soft mood and doing great. Also, sometimes we had dinners and stuff. And I was not that bad above all, above all, all these things. The trigger was um, when the pandemic started and the kid and all the family gets locked down. They literally didn't let me go out for anything. Like, mm-hmm. no way. And every time I get a package because I have to order some stuff or whatever, they open the packages. Because he was like, he was a doctor. So he was like practically going insane. Like nothing is gonna go inside the house without I don't know, like uh, quarantine them. So he got the package. He has like a really environment there, which 
practically I'm grateful because he take care of us like very well but also he was like invading my space yeah like what if I want to get something you know like something he cannot see you know <laughs> what is like, getting something sexy? Often, yes, What if I'm getting own... Victoria's Secret lingerie? Like I did, and he <laughs> oh, opened no. it, and he opened everything, and I was just like, oh boy, and, I'm and gonna put some life on your box, panties. A box there, and you know, like I put everything, your clothes and your stuffs outside your your door. I was like, okay, thank you. So it was very embarrassing exactly. for me. That was very uncomfortable. You know, feeling like I cannot go out. And every time I get, I want to buy something, you're going to see the, what am I getting? And, you know, I was just like questioning myself about all this stuff. That's not even legal. I'm just saying this. I'm going to say it right here. Right here. It it, that's the crime. In the United States. Yeah, you're not supposed you open to open anyone. Mail for someone else. Never. I think he was like very... Um, give it for granted that I would not say anything because of the situation uh-huh. and I didn't say that much but instead that every time I just with my action I did it you know like every time I get a package I said like hey listen I have a package I, I have to start tracking my package like very constantly so he didn't open it and I and so I started like hey I have a package I'm gonna leave it there and then I will open it you know and he was like yeah okay so yeah. he he understand that he cannot open my package. So and they start leaving it, you know, like I will open them the afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, about that. So kid start hitting very no. bad. Very mm-hmm. bad. Because he is not having the therapy he needs and he was not having, you know, the help he needs. And he was locked down with us. And and this kind of kids needs certain structure in their life. Yeah. And it's really yeah. hard. So he was like getting so frustrated because he couldn't talk and he couldn't they, say anything and he couldn't go out just for a walk or whatever. I hope, see, he was so frustrated and also the, with the party training because we decided to start the party training since we 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 were going to stay at home. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine a nine, ten years old getting a party training? Still, it was so hard. So he started hitting. Uh, like kicking me, like uh, hitting me with the head, like biting me, scratching me, pulling my hair, like no. very bad. And they they, they, they know, he doesn't know any better. They knew it. And also, but I was just like, hey guys, it's, it's because he's hitting so much. I mean, we need help. It was like, yeah, but we cannot take, bring anybody. We, we don't know what to do. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And, and every time they tell me like, well, if he hits you, don't react because he is, that's what he's looking for. I said, like, okay, I know I understand the, the psychology behind that, but how in the world you expect me if the kid is practically slapping me in the face, don't react. And so I start saying like, okay, you know, these people, I start wondering, these people knew that. These people knew that his kid were like that from the very beginning. They know him. They know that he hits, that he bites, and he gets frustrated. I mean, they know the high level of distance he had and they never told me so i cannot keep doing this anymore yeah i cannot they were paying me 600 per week but during the quarantine Mm -hmm. they will start making me work till 52 54 hours per week so i was working like 
blind. Yeah, with the excuse it's that they're so giving you money. Exactly. They, I was like working like extra hours during the week, and I was like doing homeschooling bo with both, and I was doing the party training with uh, one and the other one, like sort of because he was not like wanted to go by himself. Did so it was like a lot of stuffs going there. Like I have both them, and also they have like all this. I cannot go out and checking my mail and 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 I don't know how you make it. <laughs> Honestly. I get for eight I, months there uh, until I say no more. I do not want this anymore. Happened. The same happened with me. Was like I don't know. I I feel like you are scared to coin rematch because I don't know. You think you don't get family or you don't found something better or is that for me? Is the like the fear of not getting a good family because of a bad feedback from the family that you have. Very, very frustrating for our pairs when they're like, oh my gosh, should I go and rematch? Because it's real. Like we know they talk to the host families. They they talk to the LCCs. So if you haven't had a good experience with them, we're not going to feel that we're going to have a good experience finding a new host family. Even though I went into friendly rematch and we didn't agree, they did make clear my reference about my care with the baby. But they also made it clear that I didn't have a driver license from here and they didn't know how to drive. But luckily, and a smart thing I did, I got my license from Ohio in the two weeks of rematch. I borrowed a car from someone that I never met before and I began my license. So Smart. when people were interviewing me, uh, other families from other say, and they said that uh, the reference from my ex-host family were really well about the care, but they, they were worried about me driving. So I said, oh no, but that's not a problem because I got my driver license from here. And they said, what? In your profile doesn't say that. And I said, they don't know because they didn't help me. They don't know because they didn't let me use their car, even though they knew I had an appointment and they said that they were going to take me. Yeah. So they kind of contradict themselves. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's how I made my, my, my second family here. For me, for founded the second family, they only gave me six days. It was completely crazy. And I say, why you give me only six days? Because... I know I have it two weeks mm -hmm. and they say no because you almost only have it six days for finish your first year so you only have it six days but, but I think it was the best decision I can do yeah because right now I am in a perfect and amazing family and I'm happy that's so nice it's good that yeah that you get to find like a good match after going through hell <laughs> yeah and that was scary because she all the time repeated to me like no you can't find other family uh, your english is terrible you don't pay attention you don't go well you don't and she reminded me so many things and i say oh my god no that is abuse. Like these people are, that is psychological abuse. Like there is no yeah, reason 
for a woman to be saying this to a young adult you know like you're 40 you're 50 behave like your age like there is no reason for you to try to make a girl feel less when she's coming here to work for you like I feel that's so rude and I'm sorry that you had to go through that but I'm very happy that you got a new family and that is good and that's I think that's the like the most curious part about out pair stories I feel I, like when you're new and you like you're even starting the process you're like oh my god there's so many terrible stories I'm never gonna find a good family but there are good families it's just that bad stories are very interesting you know it's like very interesting to see how the behavior of these people is talking about interesting stories I know these stories are so good I know you want more and we have more because we spoke for hours so you would have all of the stories that you want to hear I'm going to share them with you next week. We're going to take a break here, guys. This is the first part of our conversation. I hope you guys like the show. I love recording this with these girls. Please go ahead and follow me. If you're listening on Spotify or in your Apple podcast, go ahead and follow us. So next week when I upload a new episode, you're going to get that ring, ring, ring notification. And you're going to remember to listen. Follow me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, everywhere. You can find me at Bal Blandon. And you will be able to help me create content. I will be asking questions and maybe you will even become a guest. I don't know. Pura Vida from this Costa Rican girl. I love you guys. Bye-bye. See you next week.